time for the Manufacturing Austin Podcast, sponsored by Texas Mutual. Welcome. This is the Manufacturing Austin Podcast, sponsored by Texas Mutual. Today, our guest is Beth San Segundo, the CEO of Origin Biomedical, a leading producer of cryopreservation, cell culture, and respiratory products that support the treatment of respiratory distress, cancer, genetic conditions, and other life-threatening diseases. Under Beth's leadership, the company has thrived and sustained rapid growth. In this episode, we get her thoughts on what it's like to make products that are critical to healthcare, the current operating conditions locally and globally, as well as what the future might hold for Origin and the regional medical device ecosystem, which in conjunction with the biopharmaceutical industry, currently makes over a billion dollars in Central Texas. Beth, it's great to have you here. Welcome to the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So give us an overview of Origin. What do you guys do? Origin manufactures single-use disposables for cell and gene therapy um, as our primary, that's our primary target market. We are, so in in non-scientific terms, uh, we make plastic bags used for collection, storage, culture, and cryopreservation of immune system cells, so bone marrow or selected um, cell groups. Who are your customers? We're a global company. We sell directly to um, the cell therapy labs within um, major medical hospitals that uh, typically do cancer therapy. Um, Additionally, we have um, some larger uh, pharmaceutical and uh, clinical trial style customers who also are doing um, a technology that's actually called CAR-T therapy. And what that is, is um, they will take the patient's cells, genetically modify them to identify their cancer, replicate them and store them, cryopreserve them, and then condition the patient to receive their cells and then give them their own immune system back that can now eradicate their cancer. Mm-hmm. And so that's the technology that's really fueling the growth around my, um, my company at this time. Mm-hmm. How, how does it feel for you and your team to be playing such a critical role in cancer therapies? I think it's really powerful, honestly. Um, I mean, because when you look at my product, you're like, woo, it's a plastic bag. But at the end of the day, there's a real human at the end of that product and their life has changed for the better. And that is really powerful. Mm -hmm. No, I've seen that in other companies that are making critical products in healthcare, you know, really tying the culture of the business to that customer success um, gives meaning to showing up to work every day. For sure. Get that. So, uh, look, we're in an interesting economy right now. A lot of people predicting slowdown. Um, I'm seeing some pretty good resilience and strength in Central Texas. You know, uh, what's your outlook for the next six months? We are we are growing. Um, we're growing. We are stable. Um, and really, I guess. <laughs> Unfortunately, healthcare doesn't go away. I mean, even in the midst of um, a recession, people still get devastating news at the doctors. And so um, our products remain consistent and moving um, forward. So really, we're looking at some growth. We've got a a couple of um, 
a couple of customers that are expecting to, to be on market in the coming year or two. And as a result, we will see additional growth um, to our production capacity as a result. Mm -hmm. So what are the big things that you're focused on? Sustainability. Um, and then also um, one of the things about Origin is we started out very small. Um, I was the third employee back in the day um, and have really um, have grown with the company and now have I now have 170 employees um, and I take their um, their role within the company and the fact that they they're you know they have lives and they're real people and I take all of that to heart and make sure that I want to create a place where they um, can stay if they want to they know that they have um, product they can stand behind and that we are doing everything we can as an employer to create a product that actually improves people's lives and really makes a difference. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's go back to sustainability for a second. So okay. uh, how do you define that term? Are we talking about environmental sustainability or sustainability of the business or how do you, how do you perceive yeah. it? No. So um, I make plastic bags. So environmental sustainability actually matters because they're going to throw away the biological um, contaminants at the end. And so um, thinking through what our pi pipeline looks through, thinking through what scrap and waste and how do we reuse that scrap and how do we prevent, um, you know, having to throw bad product away and what does that look like and being responsible with the um, the controls I have in place and the requirements that I am um, bound by with regards to all of my regulatory bodies that govern medical device. Um, and then also sustainability within the company. We have been on the um, Inc. 5000 list seven times because we just keep growing by leaps and bounds, which is a really it sounds really lovely and it actually is really lovely, but it's also very hard. Um, the, the growth and the uh, change to the organization and making sure that, you know, that next 60% growth makes sense and isn't going to rebound in some unforeseen way. Um, just being really responsible with what it looks like to grow the company as quickly as possible, but also as well as possible. Well, I know um, several people in the plastics business have had a lot of issues with supply chain. Mm -hmm. um, talk about how that's impacting you and medical device uh, manufacturers specifically. We, we struggle with supply chain just like everybody else as, um, you know, plastics are mined um, and they don't just magically grow on trees. And so really, you know, thinking through where the, you know, where your product is sourced from, Origin cannot just pivot to a new supplier. We have to be strategic as a medical device manufacturer in order to change suppliers. It is a rigorous and uphill battle. Um, we are working with our current partners and suppliers to ensure that we have a robust supply chain. There are gaps, there are weaknesses. We are on weekly regular calls with several different industries to try to increase timelines that we've gotten. I mean, we've gotten some timelines of 52 weeks. So that's a really long time. <laughs> and I, you know, I don't, I don't have 52 weeks of supply. So it's, you know, going back and being creative with them and making sure that we're solving, solving for the right problem.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, talk for a second about what COVID did to um, plastic supply chain. I mean, I think the simplest example is before COVID, there were no COVID tests. And now all the COVID at-home tests have a Tyvek packaging. So that packaging that you peel apart is called Tyvek. Um, it's a Tyvek poly mixture. And that didn't exist four years ago. And so all of that material had to come from somewhere. Um, and really, we're impacted by that, as is every other medical device that uses that type of packaging. And so it's really just making sure that, that that there is enough of that to go around. And, you know, with all of the shutdowns in China and all of the tra- transitions that have happened within their economy for the last few years as they've been open and closed and open and closed, that's really affected the suppliers that are outside of that geography. Yeah, I've been reading a lot about regionalization and a lot of supply chains coming back domestically. Um, are, are you finding regional suppliers, domestic suppliers that are going to be good options? We've never actually purchased from China. Um, we've always tried to purchase domestically. So as such, when they shut down, we weren't affected. And really, most of our suppliers are domestic. So we've tried to stick to that. Good to hear. Well, you know, I mentioned this earlier, but Austin's home to about a billion dollars in medical device production, biopharmaceuticals. You guys started in 1997. You mentioned your employee number three, which is incredible. Um, You've grown into this really mature business, 170 people. Um, Has Austin been a good place to do this? What's your thoughts about this operating environment here in Central Texas? I think it is the right place. It's been challenging in the last few years as lots of new companies have moved in, Tesla, Samsung opening a new plant, Amazon, et cetera, have all moved here. 2021 and 2022 were very challenging years to hire in um, and very competitive because of all the new industry that that, that came here. However, we have been successful in attracting and retaining talent within Austin. And I think it's the right, it's the right mix of kind of all, all facets of a business, if you will. So I've got my head of each department and they are very skilled and talented in what they do. And then I've got um, clean room technicians who we hire with clean room experience. And we have been able to find people who come to us with quite a bit of, of valuable clean room experience. Um, and so I think, I think Austin is the right place. Us. Yeah, it's kind of an irony in it. There's this great technical workforce, a lot of clean rooms, semiconductor, medical device, but um, all those people are hiring too, and, and it's a little bit of scarcity in that. Have you sensed that um, that tension in the labor force is easing a little bit? Oh, absolutely. I think that's a result, honestly, of all of the big guys um, announcing, you know, layoffs or hiring freezes. And so I think people are more inclined to find truthfully smaller businesses because they're just a little bit more they're not as heavy if you will Mm -hmm. so what's one thing you would want to see from policymakers regionally to make austin central texas a better place for business at this point we rent space and so one of my big focuses in the coming years is to acquire a building and land and so i'm just thinking of the parameters around that as it currently stands um and, you know, real estate in Austin is is at a premium at this point. So mm-hmm. just thinking through kind of the policies of that. Yeah. Um, you know, housing, um, industrial space, all those things are really at the forefront for us as well. 
Uh, it seems like there's a lot of new spec space coming online. There's a lot of businesses already taking taking those spaces, and um, it's going to be an interesting dynamic. I mean, I, I think if we want to continue to see the industrial community grow, it's a place where we need to be sure we're vocalizing the needs of our members and uh, manufacturers like you, you know, because we want to see you guys end up in the best place possible, and hopefully there's going to be good options when you're ready to make that move. I saw in your bio that you did your undergrad before you got your MBA in uh, nursing or in uh, biology and that you spent some time in a hospital as a uh, cancer nurse. Is that correct? Um, so I didn't get a nursing degree. So in the high school that I went to back in my day, um, you could get your certified nursing aid as a, as a high school senior. And so I did that. I, my goal with my biology degree was to be pre-med, but I took a different path. Well, hey, that's why I brought it up. I want to hear about it. So, like, yeah. you know, looking so, back now, what do you think about a career in manufacturing versus that decision point, maybe when you're in that undergrad role, you know, to go pre-med? Sure. So when I was in high school, I'd get up at 5 a.m. and I'd go to the hospital and I would work a shift. And really what that meant was I was on a rotation shadowing nurses and sometimes doctors, kind of depending on what they were interested in, like if whether or not they were interested in having an 18 year old tag along. So that was kind of my initial introduction. And then once I got my nurse aid certification, I ended up working in a couple of hospitals. I grew up in Plano. And so I worked in a hospital in Plano in the cancer ward for a while uh, this summer between my senior year of high school and my freshman year of college and really that was very I mean you know that's that's helping people do very human things like take showers and find the bathroom and get dressed and eat food and you know all of those things and just be human you know within that I was in a cancer ward and so I made friends with this lovely woman and one morning I walk in and she's gone and I was like where did she go because I know she did not go home and it was just one of those like oh, right, this is really hard. This is really like end of life for people. So there was that piece of of kind of my empathy and the ways that I see the world. Do you think that it informs your work today? Absolutely. I'm definitely, you know, my, uh, one of my direct reports has told me that I definitely lead with empathy. And really, I think what that means is I lead with the belief that the person that I'm working with has the best of intentions first. And maybe there's a communication issue, maybe there's some other thing, but at the end of the day, like I assume good first and then work backwards from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, so I did my nurse's aid. I ended up at UT. Uh, UT is a very large school. I was in classes of 500 people and sitting in giant, um, giant classrooms. And I had an organic chemistry teacher tell me he didn't care if we all hated him and wanted to hit him with his own cane. And I was like, what is <laughs> interesting um so I never hit him with his cane and then I graduated uh my senior year I took the MCAT I was all set and really just like I took the MCAT I could have applied and I did not I just realized I didn't want another eight years of education with the biology degree um origin is founded by my dad so at I guess 22, 21, 22, somewhere in there. Started working for him. Um, as I said, as a third employee at the time, we were um, we were a company making heart catheters for a procedure called ECMO um, and not much else. It was a very small, very niche market. And then from there, um, expanded origin into what it is today. Mm-hmm. I've heard so, your dad say that uh, you're his favorite daughter. 
I'm his only daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, Beth, I think that's a great place to wrap it up. I really appreciate your time. Uh, It's been fun talking. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. This is the Manufacturing Austin podcast sponsored by Texas Mutual. We'll see you next time.